If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and a reality check you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. So with the holidays coming up, summer coming up, and uh, consciousness regarding climate and weather at an all-time high, I think it's fair to say, we thought it would be a good time to explore what sort of weather we could be in for over the uh, the next um, few months, I suppose, really. And who better to tell us than Philip Duncan of Weather Watch, 20 years in media covering radio, TV, print, and online in weather. Philip, thanks for coming back to RCR. Good to have you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, first of all, how would you describe the year so far weather-wise? Where does it sit? Very wet, very wet, very dramatic, Um, at least for the first half of the year. You know, we kicked off with La Nina, we kicked off with uh, tropical cyclone hail, then we had um, the Auckland anniversary floods, then we had cyclone Gabriel, and those were only just a few weeks apart, and there were more flood events uh, within all that. So it was a very dramatic, wet um, start to the year right across the country, but certainly into the North Island. And what was probably the most surprising thing about this year was as the months ticked on and El Nino came to life and we're sort of thinking, right, we've turned a corner, poor old Hawke's Bay and Gisborne just got you know hit again over the last couple of months by more rain events. The good news is it does appear to be tapering off now, but it's been a very, very wet year. A lot of records broken with rainfall, um, and not just sort of over the month, but some rainfall like the one in Auckland, you know, the heaviest day of rain on record type thing. So it was a quite a dramatic year, especially with downpours. Um, El Nino and La Nina. Could you remind us what they are again and the difference between them? Yeah, so very simply, La Nina is when um, they're both measured at the equator. So La Nina is when the easterly winds blow all that warm surface water over to our side of the world. So Fiji and Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands, they get a lot of tropical wet weather. And that's what we had last summer. And that's the reason why we just sort of saw one rainmaker after the other. El Nino is the opposite of that. It's when the warm water on the surface ends up being pushed over towards the Americas. And what that does is it creates more storms over towards the Americas and usually for our part of the world, more high pressure. Now, we are starting to see that more high pressure now, um, mostly north of New Zealand between us and sort of Vanuatu, New Caledonia area. And that kind of cuts off a lot of tropical rainmakers from coming our way. But it's not perfectly there this year. Um, El Nino is is around, but we've also got warmer than usual sea surface conditions in the tropics north of us. And that's just adding a bit of an extra element to it all. And on top of all of that, the high pressure zones that are forming over Australia, which are normally smack bang over Sydney, they've just been forming a little further south this year. So it's been making for more low pressure over Australia, which is not normally the case with El Nino. So therefore more rain. And New Zealand may be getting some of the leftovers of that in the in the weeks ahead. So it's not your typical El Nino, which for most people is good. And is that a predictable pattern or is it some uncertainty as to what what it will be year on year? 
Yeah, I mean, I, every El Nino and every La Nina to me is a unique event. So they don't they don't um, repeat themselves too much unless you live in an area that is you know like the central part of Australia where it sort of swings either into a drought or it's you're getting thunderstorms. They have one or the other sort of with the settings. But you know, I, we just had three consecutive La Nina events. If you're a geography in high school and, and the teacher's telling you about La Nina, they'll be talking about how it brings more cyclones, more rainmakers, and we ended up with drought for two of those three La Nina events. So i just highlights a couple of things. One, every La Nina, every El Nino has a unique personality. It's not always like the last time. We don't always get carbon copy of the weather. In fact, we don't. Um, and that's like any weather feature. But on top of that, our location on Earth also means that because we're not at the equator where this is measured, we're not always lock, you know, smack bang under it all. And so we have lots of southern fronts coming in at the moment trying to trying to bring in rain. And we've got these lows from New South Wales trying to come in as well. So those are two things we don't normally get with El Nino. Okay. So just in the last short time, we had a real thumper southerly come in through Wellington. I was there for that. And it, it, it the rain was very heavy. There was a mini tornado and um, a lot of electrical activity. Then a, a few days ago, I think it was um, maxing out 32 degrees in Kaikoura, other parts of the country very warm as well. Um, I don't recall it being that hot. Is that, that's not a usual thing, is it? Well, actually, for the, not, the last several years, we haven't had quite so much of this dramatic weather because we had an uptick in high pressure. In fact, part of the reason we had drought during La Nina is because we had so much high pressure around, it was kind of knocking away all these events. This year is a lot more of a classic kind of spring. And those that cold front we had the other day, that one you were talking about, that to me reminds me of the 1990s a lot when we see <laughs> get a lot of those sorts of fronts coming it, through. It took you back, did it? It did. It made me nostalgic. And in fact, even to the early 2000s. Um, so yeah, there was a guy at uh, Met Service who just nailed it. He said that in the seven years that he's been at Met Service, he hasn't seen a front quite like that one. Bang on accurate. You know, it's been about seven years since we last got more of these sorts of fronts. I think we've had a very mild, calm um, past several years uh, as far as spring is concerned. And this year has been a lot more traditional. And that that shocked a few people, I think. Yeah, I've been around uh, Wellington for a long time. And, and I've um, experienced probably a, a dozen of those sorts of um, fronts, you know, that the, the suddenly arrive and pack a punch. And then, you know, an hour or two afterwards, it's like, what happened? It's like yeah. nothing happened. And that was exactly um, what it started in Canterbury, went to Wellington, faded out a bit and widened up, and then popped back to life in, in uh, Hawke's Bay and Gisborne as it departed, slid all the way up the east coast of the country, and it was a classic cold front meeting warm air. And like you say, it was sunny one moment, thundery the next, and then an hour later, sun back out again. What were we all talking about? Yeah, it's quite incredible, really. Okay, so what about those temperatures, though? That they That seems pretty warm for this stage of the, uh, well, summer, let's say. We can get into the 30s in spring. Um, it usually takes a specific northwest event for that to happen. And Australia's getting all this heat at the moment. So if you look at places like Sydney, they've been frequently getting into the 40 degree mark. All it takes is a windy nor'wester straight out of Sydney when they're 42, and it reaches New Zealand 10 degrees cooler and we get to 32. Right. And we've been seeing that a bit. And I think El Nino summers are a lot like this. Um, there were all these stupid headlines a few months ago about hot and dry summer. And I didn't like that headline because it sort of assumes that everyone's in that camp. But actually what you'll find is the hottest of those days are likely to be with a nor'wester. And then 
quite often during an El Nino summer, that's followed by a cold front and we end up with a temperature drop. So I think the South Island can ex- expect spring-like weather and temperatures to carry on. And those in the North Island, perhaps getting a little more settled down into the hotter conditions now after what was a very cold November in many places. Okay. Now, for those uh, areas that are mentioned at the start, Hawke's Bay is one other um, cyclone or weather-affected areas. Are they going to get hammered again, do you think? The, the worry with them this summer is the fact that the tropics are a bit more active. Normally in El Nino, they're not. Um, we've had three severe tropical cyclones, and we were only um, six weeks into the cyclone season, and one of those formed a few weeks before the season started. That's a bit of a hint that things are a lot warmer than they should be north of us, but El Nino does produce these high-pressure zones, Um which should guide these storms away. So we did get hit by um, Cyclone Lola a couple of months ago, but then Cyclone Jasper, which hit um, uh, Queensland just last week or so, that storm could have reached us, but it didn't because of high pressure over New Zealand that literally pushed back against it and sent it off towards Darwin, causing more flooding actually in in Cairns just in the last 24 hours. So that high pressure belt north of us is for now protecting Hawke's Bay and Gisborne, but I think keep an eye on the tropics this year. It is the wild card. It's the part that will break the forecast will be something like that, a tropical low. But I'm not seeing any sort of repeat of last year. And, and just again, the weather doesn't usually repeat itself. It's normally unique every year, even if it feels like it's kind of doing a similar thing. So the chances of having a repeat flood event, touch wood, um, mm. should, should be not as high. It, it really does move around. And, and the, the rut that Gisborne and Napier, Hawke's Bay region, I should say, were in, does seem to be breaking now, does seem to be more high pressure, more westerlies. That was what we were forecasting a month and a half ago. And it's just taken till December to get here, but glad to see it's finally here. Is there any research that shows a change of government affects the weather? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm hoping that the new government um, and the new review they're doing between NEMA and Met Service will actually finally go somewhere. We yep. were formally interviewed last week about it, um, which was a real surprise. Because oh, they- when you say formally interviewed, uh, was okay, and it was a surprise. How did that come about then? Yeah, I think it came from the CEO of Met Service. Um, we met with him a couple of months ago. He is the reason behind this review going ahead uh, because Treasury uh, sounds like we're trying to get ahead of themselves. And it sounds as though this review was going to be internal, which I said, well, that just proves my point that it's all pretty corrupt. And I think he agreed. And it sounds as though that's changed. So they interviewed us as the largest private forecaster. They've interviewed a couple of reporters that were involved in it all. But I was just very simple to them that it's a very corrupt process. Uh, There are unofficial unelected people who can just shut this all down. And until those people have names and job titles, then I actually think that it's quite a corrupt process and I don't really have a lot of faith in it. And I'm hoping that that language from me actually prompts them to do something this time around. Well, like I say, there has been a change and they are hunting down anomalies, let's say. Um, So there's there's only room for one state forecasting, weather forecasting or would you call it forecasting? institution or something there's only room for one right yeah met service who are who who have got the qualified meteorologists that are world meteorological organization approved which is a standard all around the planet and they stick to that standard you know met service do miss events and they're aware of that they're aware of their shortcomings but they're well aware of of 
how to um, position a storm when it's coming in, and they don't get the you know the we don't they don't hype up New Zealanders. Neither on the you mean they, like for political sort of. Yeah, yeah. Nee was very political, very commercial, and they love to get in the news. And, and I've said this to the CEO of MetService. All Niwa does is add a little bit to what you put out there. So if MetService says 28 degrees and 110 kilometers an hour, Niwa will say 30 degrees and 120 k's an hour, and they'll get the news headlines. And the world's about to end. Yeah, it is a very simple formula. And because they get $200 million a year blindly given to them, um, and they just have to say climate change, and they'll get another rubber stamp for another supercomputer, I think I'm hoping at some point some Someone in the government just grows a brain and questions this because it's not helping anyone in the public, this system. It is definitely not. And, and I hope this review does finally address that because Met Service are doing some good work. And at the moment, they're spending all their energy just trying to survive, which is just stupid. So And being uh, cannibalized by Yeah. By someone who's owned eventually by the same crowd, which is that's right, and and the guy that's cannibalizing the Niwa, um, you know they they don't they don't pay dividends every year. They're not being transparent about what they're doing. Right. They lied to a select committee, and so I think at some point, I hope that they get their comeuppance for all of that because it might be time to bury them for good. Yeah, well, actually, some people have said that. Uh, the, the problem with NIWA, or not the problem, but the, the good thing with NIWA, they do a lot of great research, but it's all kind of being buried now by this commercial arm. And for people who don't believe me, um, just watch the news. How many times do you see NIWA in the news for climate change and Antarctica and and you know, um, ocean currents, it's a lot more about weather and storms and clickbait. And it's well, a shame it's because I'm a, from a family of science. So I, I want them to go back to their roots. I don't want people to lose their jobs. I want them to merge these two agencies. If anyone loses a job, it should be the overpaid um, management yeah. at NIWA. Can hear a lot of uh, listeners agreeing with you on that. Okay, final question then, given that you've given us the, the heads up for um, the summer, let's say. Um, uh uh, what do they call them? Um, intense weather events or, or whatever the, the terminology. Have we been seeing those serious weather events powered by climate change? Oh, dear, we've got to drive electric cars. Are we seeing? Is that what we're seeing? Have we I been seeing that? One thing I think we could say this year is the, the type of flooding we had and the repetitive nature of it. That to me does lean towards a warming climate um, because you only like with Cyclone Jasper, it went over some slightly cooler waters. And then just before it reached, uh, made landfall in northern Queensland, it moved over some seawater that was about one and a half degrees warmer than where it came from. And it, it doubled in power. So it's wow. just, okay. it's worth knowing that, you know, in Auckland, the flash floods we had in, on Auckland 27 uh, this year almost certainly were caused by the marine heat wave and the atmospheric heat wave. Well, it wasn't so much an atmospheric heat wave, but the atmosphere was warm. The marine area was certainly in a heat wave, well above average for weeks in a row. You stall a thunderstorm over that and it will just keep pouring with rain. And so, the, you know, the stalling of the events, that's not climate change, but the amount of rain that falls when they do stall, that may well be. And so I think, um, you know, I've said to farmers, a lot may not change in the next 20 years of your life, but be prepared for these sort of freak events a bit more often. Um, yep. They might be a bit more extreme. You can only plan to some to a certain degree for it. So I think there's a little bit of the truth behind climate change with, with seeing rain events like this year. But, you know, we could easily go back to a normal year for the next couple of years and not have all of that. And so to use single events as climate change is hard to do because people can disprove it just as quickly. Well, I hope he was listening to that. 
<laughs> I bet they're not. They seem to love the whole, you know, and this is this is one of the areas where I agreed with Ian Wishart, and I'd said this to the government, that with me were doing a second, second, second set of records, it would allow people who do not believe climate change is a real thing or that it's not as bad to say, well, actually, there are two lots of records here. So if, if one lot say, well, this is proof of climate change because of all these records that were broken, you can now go to the other source of the government and say, but these records weren't broken. So therefore, what you're saying is bullshit. And I think that's terrible from a science point of view. Not only do students have to sign a confidentiality, confidentiality agreement waiver with NIWA for showing climate data, which... Who do they think they are? I know, there's, there's a lot of questions there. And it makes me go back to the fact that the CEO is making nearly a million bucks a year. What? Good t- yeah, he's on a good ticket as a public servant. Um, and, and even the government thinks it's wrong, but then the Labour government said nothing to do with us. So I'm like, well, why do we have a minister for science? Well, no, no, it was everything to do with them, Philip, because it, it, it pushed the political line that they wanted to push. That's right. That's why they got kicked out of government, I think, because that whole attitude of of sort of like, the, the as I said, the peasants, us, mm. <laughs> we're not important. What we say is not important. I said that in the review over and over, that the peasants need to come first, mm-hmm. and then what's left over, you commercially do whatever you want with. But at the moment, it's a couple of people at the top, a couple of men at the top, making a lot of money, and then telling people like me, I'm a commercial-driven person for wanting to share that data. It's completely around the wrong way. And I think the government's going to get get a, a strong word on that from this review coming through. But second time we've been down this road with a review, so I'm not holding my breath that you know there'll be someone behind the scenes that just shuts it all down again. Someone who's a mate of King Charles, who knows? But I, yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Okay, Philip Duncan, have a great Christmas and New Year. Thanks for coming on and explaining that and, and sort of kind of giving us a, it's a forecast, eh? it's not like a total prediction or anything like that. There, there are variables in there, but a forecast for what things could be over the summer and uh, a bit beyond. Yeah, have a great break, and I'm sure we'll talk again in the new year, and good luck with, you know, <clears throat> how that submission on NIWA ends up being used. So Thank you, Paul. Really appreciate it, and appreciate the support that you've given us this year. You know, it's a, a topic that, especially in the politics, not everybody feels comfortable talking about it, but I'm not anti-science. I'm anti, you know, commercializing science. I'm, a, I'm not really weaponizing. Big... Try yeah, weaponizing. Weaponizing it. That's right. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.